The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We are now three years since the Irish government took the uh, unprecedented step of effectively shutting down the country to control the spread of COVID. Um, And we thought it would be worth looking back at where we have gotten to since then and where we are in relation to pandemics. So in a second, we'll be talking to Dr. Margaret Harris, spokesperson for the World Health Organization. But first, we have Professor Cleana O'Farrelly, Chair in Comparative Immunology in TCD. And Cleana, I'm still struggling slightly to fully understand where COVID went. Are we attributing the departure or the the lack of threat to the vaccine, to the mutation of the virus being less threatening, to where has it gone? Gosh, if only we, well, first of all, it hasn't gone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's certainly still around. And uh, unfortunately, um, there are people still getting really sick um, and dying. Um, from it, but absolutely not at the huge numbers right at the beginning. So it's just, it's it's really a combination of um, what you're uh, mentioning. The vaccines, first of all, have been absolutely a game changer. I mean, if you think back over exactly three years ago, when you think of those scenes in Italy um, and in New York, they were just so scarifying. So that's what the vaccine stopped. And then um, Omicron um, uh, causing milder infections. An awful lot of people now have have also been uh, been infected. Even on top, the vaccine doesn't stop. Unfortunately, while it's achieved a huge amount, it doesn't seem to stop infection in everybody. So people are still getting infected, but with very mild symptoms. Is there a risk that the public interpretation of the vaccine effect is almost the reverse of the truth? That there's a sense of well, it has now militated or mitigated itself away to be, from being a significant threat and therefore we didn't need to get vaccinated at all, which is circulating a fair bit on social media. Yeah, it, maybe it's circulating on social media, but I think the vast majority of people, certainly in Ireland, um, you know, have a fair grasp of the of the science of, of infection and immunology and vaccination. And I think most people know what the vaccine has achieved. In terms of where we now stand for pandemic preparedness, are we better off than we were three years ago? Have we learned oh much? Gosh. Oh my gosh, there's a question. Um, cause, because of course, this is the really um, people the thing that people really don't want to hear, that there will be more pandemics, unfortunately. I mean, the thought of um, either another SARS-CoV-2 coming around the corner or flu or something like that sends shivers or, around everybody. And we've certainly learned a huge amount. We've learned a huge amount um, of immunology, for example. We're, le- we're learning much more about why some people are more vulnerable than others. And again, the, the public really understands th- this now, I think, is that we don't, we don't respond the same way to infection, nor do we respond the same way to um, to vaccines. And so we really need to um, do more research into that so as we can identify. But I suppose the biggest place where um, we've learned where there's major problems is in communication. It's kind of what you're saying. How do we um, maintain public trust in the science and what can be done, what can be achieved? I, I think we're still um, on the on the ground slopes of really understanding how to communicate around these huge public health issues. As in how to counter disinformation or how exactly. to... Exactly. Get- 
Exactly. Exactly. Both both things. How to get the information out. Now, as I say, um, I think it was very interesting watching the level of our, our participating in the really impressive level of scientific literacy um, that I think we have in Ireland. I think and nobody sang the praises of the of the science teachers, but I really do think that um, our, you know our level of understanding overall in the country um, is is impressive. And and you you journalists achieved an awful lot by um, engaging in really great discussions, I think, with um, the, the medics, with um, scientists, with virologists. Um, so I do think that uh, that is a very strong, um, what you call, foundation base, that we're based on. Another thing about us Irish, <laughs> our people in Ireland, um, is we're very well connected. Nearly everyone in Ireland has relatives living in another country, in Europe, the UK, Africa, China, Australia. And we're here, we, we talk an awful lot. And so we were hearing an awful lot about what was happening in other countries. And so I think overall, we made good decisions, partly because of that, the, because of the scientific literacy and the connectivity. Cleanna, thanks very much for taking the time to come on this morning. That's the Irish picture from Cleanna Farley, Chair in Comparative Immunology and TCD. Margaret Harris, Dr. Margaret Harris, spokesperson for the World Health Organization, is with us as well. Margaret, do you think the global picture reflects a similar change in the last three years as Ireland or is it radically different? Uh, good morning, Anton. Actually, we're still in the middle of it. Uh, the problem is people don't think we're in the middle of it. They've moved on to other things. They're understandable. We've got wars, we've got earthquakes, we've got all the sort of climate disasters being wreaked upon us. So people have moved on. But uh, COVID hasn't. I mean, in the last week, we saw... Uh, uh, 980,000 new cases reported to us, and we know there are more. We saw 5,000, we lost 5,800 people. Um, in the last month, actually, we lost 30,000 people, more than 30,000 people. And the new cases uh, increased, actually, in Europe by 12%. But why, so, then, Margaret, are we not seeing health systems creaking at the seams the way we did three years ago? Well, this is an important point, and this is where, where vaccination and all the mitigation efforts have made a huge difference. And of course, that was exactly why we declared it a public health emergency of international concern very early on, to get people to get ready to protect their health systems and to get the scientists together, of course, to look for the answers. Um, and, and, and vaccination has made a huge difference. But again, we haven't hit our targets. We want 100% of people in the high-risk categories. That's anyone over 60. That's people who are health care workers, people with underlying conditions. And I'm looking through the lists around the country and none of us have achieved that. Do you think that that's because people are now, <coughs> excuse me, taking for granted the fact or assuming that it is behind them and therefore they don't need to worry about it? Or is it is it ingrained vaccine resistance? It's a bit of both. Uh, we did find around the world that particularly with the older groups who were the critical group to get vaccinated, and they are still the people who are dying most. They're, we're losing far too many people still, uh, either didn't trust it or perhaps in their communities, in their systems, they weren't uh, prioritised. For instance, Singapore found it was hard to vaccinate 
older people, not because they weren't prioritised, but because they simply didn't provide toilets at the vaccine stations and older people didn't want to come for fear of being caught short, literally. Um, so there were lots, there are lots and lots of reasons why people don't get vaccinated. The other thing that's happening, of course, is it's an, an enormous effort to have huge population vaccination programs. So it's moved back into the health system and it depends whether or not the health system really reaches the people that need to be reached. And to what extent, I mean, like that lesson from Singapore about the provision of toilets for uh, older people who attend vaccine centres, what has the WHO learned about dealing with pandemics from the last three years? Well, I think it's very much what your previous speaker said. Um, It's good communication. It's also communication linked to action. What a lot of people found, particularly when... um, the situation was overwhelmed. It's all very well for me to say, do this, do this, do this. Is it possible? You know, can you get tested? If you get a test, where do you go? What do you do? So much of really effective communication has to be linked with a real thing that people can do. And that's that's the hard yards. But you've got to do it and you've got to prepare to do that in between your critical crisis moments. In the in the boring times, you don't go off and have a holiday, unfortunately. That's actually when you should accelerate the work you're doing to make sure you can meet the next crisis. And when it comes to vaccines, are we, in, in technical terms, in the actual science, in a much better place? Because I assume more effort has gone into vaccine development in the last three years than in the preceding decades. Oh, yes. And uh, I mean, it's often been called a moonshot or it, it's the equivalent of, of the, the enormous effort the humans made to get to the moon. Um, and we did it a lot more quickly. <laughs> and this was really because of incredible collaboration, incredible transparency. Uh, the scientists were talking to each other from day one. We we um, started something, we, we opened something called the R&D Blueprint, which basically brings the scientists together, gets everybody looking at what needs to be done. Also, we had the, the, the advantage was that two scientists posted the genome of the virus very early on, I think on the 9th of January uh, 2020, made a massive difference. So that lesson, and let's keep that going. Uh, I, I sometimes fear there's a darkening, uh, you know, obscuring. The transparency very early on made a massive difference, and that's something we're going to build on. Margaret, thank you very much for coming on. This Dr. Margaret Harris, spokesperson for the World Health Organization. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.